Hey, everybody. Well, from Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. And I am Adam sitting in Verdan. Coming up today, an interview uh, with Hemant Mehta. He's 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 the friendly atheist, right? Yeah, right, right. Uh, who sold his sold his soul on eBay? On eBay, right? yeah, yeah. For for uh, how much did he get? Fame and and world atheist atheist world domination. And the idea of there being people out there that are just like so angry that somebody and you're just like, well, even if you do believe that, isn't that his right if he wants to sell his soul? Like. Well, and to be honest, and he gets to he he gets into it in the interview, but um, it, he sold he actually sold his soul, uh, you know, figuratively, um, to uh, to attend churches. It was it was kind of this whole like, hey, I want to like explore and see churches and whatnot, and if you if you if you are the highest bidder, you can say which church I need to go to. Oh, I thought I thought so it was that was that his whoever sense of like selling it. It wasn't I like a, it, was it that... wasn't like a selling the soul to the devil. Type oh, thing. well, I was... thought it was that I, when you first said that, what I imagined you meant was that uh, whoever bought his soul would then take it to church with them. <laughs> and I was like, what a great racket! Like you don't have to go. <laughs> Boy, you I just, wish you, that were yeah proxy church attendance. See, I want proxy everything. Like I always said, when I used to do, that seems like something you'd have to pay for, not, rather than somebody paying you I, for the privilege of saving your soul. There's enough people. There's enough uh, busy little bodies out there that I think would totally take you up on <laughs> on that. Just to say, just to be the savior. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's I a love really that funny idea. idea. No, yeah. I like it. It's kind of, yeah. It's kind of the reverse of buying an indulgence. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, huh. what it is, is it's baptism for the dead before you're dead. But with profit involved. And I don't have to do anything. Nothing. I don't. <laughs> and that is baptism for the dead. Yeah. It's yeah. the exact same concept. You don't have to do anything. You actually you do don't all even. all the work. Yeah. You do it in my name. Mm-hmm. Fine. And, the, and you know what? If I'm the one that's baptizing you, I don't even need to know where you were buried. No. I don't need to know anything no. about you. You're just a name. No, you're not buried yet. You're still alive. Yeah. No, I'm saying that in that same way oh, that yeah. baptism for yeah, the yeah, dead, yeah, yeah, like yeah. they don't need to know. It's to, you know, it's some 12 year old kid. Yeah. And he's like, you know, and he's taking the weight Frank? of, of and just your... does it, you know, <laughs> right, right. and just like it's a name and, right. and, but you're doing it, you know, by proxy for them. I love it. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Selling your soul. Oh. Favorite episode of the Simpsons, I think, is when Bart sells oh, his soul. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So good. That yeah. is a good one. Yeah. It's I saw that not too long ago. It's a really good one. Huh. That's funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, what do you have? You have anything uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To I share can, with us. I, I can get started. So this is, uh, uh, you know, we always look for these stories, um, and I'm always sort of trying to find uh, stories either that 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 are just something funny that's just like a mm-hmm. good a good sort of one off joke, or something that's like, well, you know, these religious people are trying to get other people to do this thing, and you know, doesn't that make you mad? Mm-hmm. This one I I felt like was so weird because it's coming from a group of people that aren't really known for, um, I don't know bargaining or like uh, being I don't want to say reasonable because this isn't reasonable but more reasonable than they usually are. Okay, we are talking about Islamist insurgents. Okay? Oh, okay. So yeah. What I have here is Islamist insurgents have issued an ultimatum to northern Iraq's dwindling Christian population. Okay. Okay. There is a Christian population in northern Iraq. And 
as you dwindling. expect, they're dwindling. Yeah, yeah they are okay. dwindling. Surprisingly right. enough, it's not uh, <laughs> blooming. Yes, yeah. Uh, so uh, they've issued an ultimatum. Now that is something that Islamist insurgents are really good. They at. love. They love, they love that ultimatum. Kind of stuff. Yeah, but because the world is very black and white. Yeah, yeah. Which is why this them. is weird. Yeah. To either convert to Islam, mm. or be killed. Oh. Or pay a religious levy. Essentially, a what? fine for not being for, Muslim. For not being Muslim. Now, I haven't read. Huh. I haven't read all of the uh, uh, doctrine. Right. I haven't read. I don't. I don't know everything about where the uh, Muslim radical like community comes from. Sure. Okay. But one thing I do know is that they have a word that they love to throw around a lot, and that word is infidel. Yeah. And that an infidel is someone who is aware of Islam uh-huh. and chooses not to become it. Oh. And that when you do that, you die. That is right. punishable by death. Okay. So the entire idea of a religious tax, if you yeah, will, yeah, yeah. on not being Muslim, is that just me or is that like completely negate everything else about being like a radical Muslim? Um yeah, you kind of you kind of blew it. Yeah, you, you totally you, blew you, it. You got to hand in your radical card. Yeah, you you no longer get to be. But that's what I'm saying. So not reasonable by world standards, but by their standards, <laughs> amazingly reasonable. Because who the hell is going to be like, ooh, how much is the tax? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like. Well, that, they, that actually is a good question. How much is the tax? Uh, I don't. I don't have any. <laughs> there isn't a breakdown on this sheet. <laughs> if you choose to be Catholic, yeah, it's ooh, a one thousand yeah. dollar levy. So, if you so, choose to be Jehovah's Witness, it's a ten thousand dollar levy. Uh, do we have? I don't. I don't have the paperwork here for Hindu. Um, <laughs> can we come back next week? Is that okay? What are they becoming? Are they becoming like the mafia? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, listen, well, yeah, listen, a to, listen, a to it would uh, be a real shame if something happened to this lovely uh, little copper shop you got here. Yeah. Just throwing that out. <laughs> like but maybe you'll die or something, yeah, right? Yeah. Isn't that weird, though? <sighs> it, a religious it, it, tax. It, it really brings up st- a lot of strange questions. Yeah. So we have here. So, but then they would just leave them alone? I mean, is that, the, that is really, truly the premise. They pay the tax every year, and then they're just... I mean, so, you're right. That does seem a lot like like living in Sicily. It's a it's a slippery slope. <laughs> and be, and owning you, a business in Sicily. <laughs> once you once you have anybody in the room that goes, or like anytime there's that they're, they're like right. and die, and then somebody's like, or like once that happens, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. You have to hand in the radical card. Yeah, it says here. Uh, Christians who wanted to remain in the caliphate state that the or caliphate mm. that the Islamic state declared this month in parts of Iraq and Syria must agree to abide by terms of a dimma contract, okay. a historic practice under which non-Muslims were protected in Muslim lands in return for a special levy known as jizya, which I think is a member of the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> um, we offer them three choices: Islam, the Dima contract involve, involving payment of jizya. If they refuse this, then they will have nothing but the sword. So the this, announcement. This said. is actually a very old and time honored tradition in, in in Islamic states. Right. Right. But but is that what I'm hearing here? I think so. But the problem is is that I it's the first I've ever heard of it, and yeah. I would imagine that a lot of other people out there 
including kids who get indoctrinated into uh, radical Muslim sects, it's probably the first time they've ever heard of it either. Because once you say to somebody, well, if they pay, then we don't have to kill them, then so much of your sort of wheelhouse goes yeah, off but, the table. I mean, really doesn't isn't it? The, the radical, like these radicals, right? Isn't what they're looking for is just a return to Islamic rule? Yeah. The, the Islamic rule of the past. One, yeah. one giant Islamic state that rules the whole, th- whole world. It, yeah, I mean, exactly. that's what they, they want the whole world. But like we're talking where we've seen like a pan, you know, you're, you're Islamist right. state yeah. in the Middle East. Yeah. What? It was the Ottoman Empire, right? Yes, exactly. Well, and you had, and that's why the, things like the West are considered the red devil. Like mm-hmm. that is like, and that you don't, you don't bargain with them. You don't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, what was it? It's actually, I think it is in, in uh, the Quran, this idea of they will be, they will be pushed into the, into the sea, into the ocean. There's a, there's an actual like line about like, pushing the infidel like off the planet basically you know what i mean like that's just rude i know right it's really just rude but that's what i'm saying is like when you have like the 14 year old kid and you're strapping like the c4 onto him so that he can go drive the car into the american base or whatever uh-huh. do you think at any time during that they're like well i mean if they'd pay us then we wouldn't if, if they if they <laughs> pull out an american express black card yeah um and you know we're what good to go monthly payments <laughs> like if that had happened one time the kid would be could probably be like oh so i don't so we don't have to do all yeah, this. They, they just send him in with a, a a cell phone with a square on it. So he, <laughs> yeah, he's like, sick. I can either call this number and I blow up, <laughs> yeah. or you can swipe your credit card. Yeah, it's the uh, that's what you do. Yeah, it's the iPad. They they, uh-huh. they flip around to you. And you're like, so which one do I hit? Do I have to hit? Well, it'll, it'll show oh, you up gee, above. Thanks. I have to leave at least a one dollar gratuity. Yeah. Thanks. Or press this or other none. button and then choose my what about own. 50 cents? Yeah. Come on. Sometimes you want to leave a fifty cent tip at a coffee shop. <laughs> anyway, that's what I've got. It just seemed again. It seems like, uh, and it's funny because you guys had just done this um, uh, last week, uh, and I had brought it up because I haven't listened to the newest one about about uh, um, the Book of Abraham. Oh, the the Mormon's yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. that. It's the same kind of slippery slope. The second that you stray away from the thing that is your tenement of 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 everything, yeah. right? It is the keystone that holds it all together. Tenant, tenant, tenement, tenement, tenant, tenant, Ten- tenement would be like a a, a shanty. Shotgun shack yeah. in like the and a tenant 1900s. is somebody who lives there and pays rent. Yes, a tenant, however, <laughs> is, a, is a belief. <laughs> but we got there. You know what? If we would have just skipped right past it, people would be like, "I know what he meant." But anyway, um, oh yeah, but but that real that real sort of keystone to the entire th- setup is that once that's once you even remotely go, well, maybe. Then like it, everything falls apart. Yeah, you well, can't do that. That's it's always of, a house of cards. Yeah, you know? it always it really is. is. But but I mean, we know that. Right. We're on an atheist but what's podcast. Amazing, <laughs> here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. It's it seems like it should be a house of cards, right? Any sort of any weird structure of like belief that's all. But just like what the Mormons did with the Book of Abraham, uh-huh. is there's somehow this magical ability to remove a card and slip another one right in there. Or just and no, the whole thing doesn't topple. I think it's right? even. I think it's even weirder than that. I think if you want to do the object lesson and, uh-huh. and we're using the house of cards, it's that you pull the one out in the middle, don't replace it with anything, and it still stands there. When everybody goes, that can't. That's not. How can it? You go hmm, faith. <laughs> that's just faith. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but that suggests that it. Yeah, 
To them, well, to them, to they, them, yeah. there is no gravity. There's no reason that the yeah. house should fall. Yeah, because it's God's house. No, right. <sighs> um, Give me something. Lay it on me. I would like to talk about um, the Hobby Lobby family. Not, not familiar. The Hobby what's, Lobbies, uh, what's Mr. A... and Mrs. Hobby Hobby Lobby. No, really? no, of course, no, okay. of course, of course, I do. And the actually, greens, yeah. Right? Well, and for me, it's 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 even worse because it's literally. Like, I can do without Jimmy John's. I can be like, all right, well, that guy's an asshole. I won't go there. Their sandwiches are kind of mushy anyway. Right. Hobby Lobby is the greatest craft store of all time. <laughs> it is like Santa's workshop. And I am like a crafty. You know me. No, I like. No. I do lots of but art Michael's projects. won't work for you? It's so, Michael's is like nothing compared to. Michael's <laughs> Michael's to Hobby Lobby is like Harbor Freight to Home Depot. Like, there's, you can go in there. You can kind of find some stuff, but it's not. It's going to be kind of crap. So it makes me so mad that this is happening because I love Hobby Lobby. I love it so much. It's such a good store. Oh, that makes me really happy. Um, Sorry. Sorry for the tangent. Go ahead. So the Greens, uh, they uh, Steve Green, I guess, is the, the president of Hobby Lobby. Um, they, uh, you know, they're, they're famously Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play christian music in their stores. Mm-hmm. They're closed Sundays. So forth and so on. Um, I guess for the last year and a half or so, he has been on a private buying spree of um, um, re- religious antiquities. Mm. Papyri, scrolls, Torahs, anything that like could possibly be a foundational uh document for the bible anything that the only other bidder on it on ebay is probably mel gibson <laughs> possibly just the numbers keep going up higher and higher he's like who is this other crazy rich christian yeah oh, it's well mel gibson. Uh, yeah um he has spent more than 30 million dollars in his initial buying spree um and uh he is a, he's uh, employed an archaeologist and historian to to do all the work, but right? they don't get birth control. <laughs> but they don't get birth control. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he has plans to. Build... I don't have to give you birth control. <laughs> <laughs> he has plans to build a Bible museum in Washington D.C. A Bible museum. Bible museum. Oh, it's like the it's the it's the best oxymoron of all time. <laughs> Why? A Bible museum? Yeah, it's a museum for the Bible. Okay. Why not? Why is that? Like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's Everything like in the a... Bible is real. Well, but it uh, it could be a, a a museum of about the Bible, about the 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 creation of the Bible, right? And Dear. formation of the Bible and recounting this wonderful rich history of this foundational you know, text for, for, for Western civilization. Yeah. And that's probably exactly what it'll be. <laughs> there probably won't be like an interactive arc that you can get on <laughs> at all. It won't be anything like uh, that. Yeah. Um, there probably won't be, you know, any kind of like dinosaurs. Right. You know? Yeah. When Dan and I were in Eureka Springs to see the passion play, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, I we, love uh, the pictures of that. By yeah, the way. It was, yeah. It was amazing. Uh, we went to we we did their whole little Bible Land tour crap and all that, and then there's like supposed to be like this Bible museum there. It was I think if I remember right, it was a Bible museum slash gift shop. 
<laughs> and so you walk around and there's like bible like you know stuff yeah. real bible like ancient you know whatever this and copy of gutenberg you know bible here and mm. you know whatever right? right and then there were like gift cards magnets mixed in that were for sale uh like but, a magnet of a shard from the cross like that kind of stuff yeah that kind of crap yeah, <laughs> uh, but they're actually they're taking over uh quite the quite the impressive building um it's a former uh refrigeration warehouse from the early 1900s this big brick behemoth of a building. This is Steve um, Green's yeah, Bible. They've already they're they've bought the building as far as I could tell from the story, and they're planning the renovation of it right now. It's it's really close to the mall in, in Washington D.C. and it's within like a stone's throw. So of you could just do Smithsonian a whole tour of everything and, uh, and the, the the Air and Space Museum, and yeah, so they want to be part of like the the Washington D.C. museum circuit, right? Like, right. Because I mean. There, this is. I don't. Have you been to Washington D.C.? Mm-hmm. And you probably did like the Smithsonian. Yeah, mall yeah. And you do that. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah. to all the different Smithsonian museums. Well, like there's a bunch of other really cool museums that aren't part of the Smithsonian system, like the museum, uh, which is the 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 journalism museum. Oh, okay. That one's awesome. Uh-huh. You know, and it's totally a must must see type museum when you're when you're in D.C. So you're saying you you think that Bible World. Is that is he sticking on that name? What's he going with? Uh, I don't know that it has a name. Bibletopia? The no. Okay. Anyway, uh, so well, you know what? We're we're gonna go ahead and say it's Bible World. So, do you think that Bible World? <laughs> okay. So you're saying Bible World could very well be part of this circuit of 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 the of tours. places that you would that you that a a tourist who's showing up in D.C would create a list of like the five museums they want to go to. Yeah, but I mean that, the National that, Gallery, the Air and Space Museum, the Museum and uh, Bible World. That's what Bible I'm saying World. is like so so but I mean is it are you saying that it's it's that helps to legitimize it or is it like well, I think it's presence it, and where it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Even with the other things Even that though come... it's not part of the Smithsonian, it's not part of any sort of other thing. And I mean, it's clearly I guess a religious spend, thing. If he spent like thirty million dollars, it's I mean, I guess that's the problem is that That's in... the collection. Right. And well that's, that's not a... even the building's gonna be an eight hundred million dollar project. I know. This museum is going to be Well, I I guess in my head, because of the Hobby Lobby connection, I'm thinking the whole thing's gonna be made out of popsicle sticks, googly eyes, and pipe cleaners. <laughs> That's just one corner so, right. of Hobby Lobby. That's so, your corner yeah, of Hobby Lobby. I know, but what's... There are other wonderful... Oh, know, just just miles of artificial plants. There And there's all those beautiful frames that say oh, things like friends or family. Family. Best friend. I like the one... I like Number the big, one dad. rolling cursive family. Mm-hmm. That one's so good. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I guess oh, that's... just the letters. The yeah. The cut out mm-hmm. letters that you can paint and then hang on your wall to say... <laughs> family yes my cousin has so much of that stupid shit in his house <laughs> yeah just you know what i mean just like whole rooms that you're like i don't think anybody's ever been in here yeah and it's just full of that kind of it's stuff still strangely mauve oh god of course this is also <laughs> the same kid who uh has a massive painting on his wall not painted on the wall it's you know framed and hung on the wall that's <laughs> the uh the timeline of the book of mormon <laughs> What? It's where it's like it goes. So it's like there's a timeline, uh-huh. right, that spans all the way back to to the Bible uh-huh. of all these different, you know, real big events in Book of Mormon history. 
And are they like lined up with major world events? Like no, they're sort of on their own time. Just on their own. But but then there's mm-hmm. like you know there's like these very classic you know almost Rubenesque paintings along with it of the events actually oh, happening. It yeah. looks like the fucking Lord of the Rings. Really? I mean, it's it, well think about it. If you're to see an illustrated history of the Book of Mormon, it's the craziest looking oh, thing. No. Okay, yeah. Where I'm like, oh my god, who are those guys supposed to be? And he's like, well, those are the Lamanites. And I'm yeah. like. Oh, that's what they like. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. That's Captain Moroni or whatever. <laughs> I can't even remember. We got Ca- Captain Helaman. Yeah. Anyway, Helaman. Bible World. Let's get I, back to I'm Bible. I'm glad world. that I don't have full knowledge, full recall of the Book of Mormon. Dude, anymore. me either. I have. I seriously have none because I feel like I've rolled it up into all the other like barbarian movies I loved as a eleven year old. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, was that in the Book of Mormon or Beastmaster? Like I can't remember. <laughs> Didn't Moroni have two pet ferrets that went out and stole the key to the jail for him? Isn't that boy? I wish. Oh man, that would I'd be still be a cool. member. <laughs> I would. I would be like, this is the funnest religion ever. Beastmaster. <laughs> that wasn't who. Who was in that? Who was, I can't remember the guy's name. He's one of the. It's not Jeff Fahey, but it looks like Jeff Fahey. Okay. I can't remember. Okay. Anyway, t- huh. tangent. All right. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, Bible It's, it's going to be happening. Uh, it's a for real deal. The city uh, council is like seems positive about the renovation work that's going to be happening, mm. um, and neighbors are are happy that this old building is has found a, a purpose. Or someone has found a purpose for this old building. And... Do you think it's going to be? I mean, you, I, you were being facetious, but do you think it's going to be just crazy pants, McCrazyton, or do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be a mixture. I think that that. I mean, it's clearly going to be through their lens, so it's going to be, it's going to be that's... rife with 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 nuttiness, right? That's so much more but dangerous, like... though, when it's when there is like elements of legitimacy. Of well, yeah. because if you've spent like, let's say that you spend like two million dollars on some artifact yeah that should be in like a real museum yeah. right it should no, no, be no. somewhere because it's it's actually a thing that you know it's like when when i was in egypt you know we went to the well where they were like this is where moses's little reed basket was found on the side and you're like that's crazy that that's here but then there's all this crap built around it that's like yay and you're like okay, i don't believe any of that but this is a historical thing in the midst of well, maybe historical, but you know what I mean. They I mean, found a well that. But but again, to, to go back to the LDS thing, it's not like it was in like Poughkeepsie, New York, and they're like, "There's no <laughs> fucking way that he was ever here," right? It's not that. I mean, sure. it's it's legitimate enough that you're like, well, you know, Ramses was a real dude, Moses was a real dude. This is where they grew up. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's that legitimate part to it, and then it always sucks because it gets tacked on to all of this like super nutso stuff right right that they feel like that they get monopolized they get to monopolize that part of history because right. it was their superheroes well, yeah. I mean, or whatever i would right? i would love to be able to go and see these artifacts like going in and seeing like old papyri and and torahs yeah. and old you know found like you know early like this is like in palestinian aramaic yeah, yeah. They, versions of stuff that wound up in the new testament you know like like really, really ancient shit. I just me. I would love to see that. Oh, stuff. same here. If it was presented in just a hey, this is the thing. I know. And this is what right? it turned into. And Why blah can't... blah blah. Rather than you know, this proves that the Bible is true. Why and that can't Jesus they? 
died for our sins and you know like the 911 you know there's like the 911 museum that they've finally like opened and Mm. is you know Mm -hmm. and there's like the really graphic stuff like you have to choose to walk into a door to go and see all that stuff so that elementary schools and things like that you know can bypass it why can't they do that why can't they have like a fairly normal bible museum with all these artifacts that yeah. are like this is really from this period of time isn't that wild and you're like oh my god yeah you know i'm a reasonable adult that can make decisions for myself right, and right, i can right. say this is real it's been yeah. proven by scientists yeah. and then there's like a door that and maybe that's where they put the two gigantic googly eyes that's just like bull come on in here for the rest of the story right and the rest of the things made out of felt and crepe paper yes, yes. <laughs> Some like, you know, fun fact on the wall. It's like it took three thousand glue sticks to make oh. this. You know, yeah. Oh, anyway, oh. and then, yeah, <laughs> and only six thousand years to make the the entire planet. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, <sighs> me, me, me. I'm up next. Yeah. I all think right. You are. Um. This. Uh. This has been kind of all over the place, just because it's. Uh. It's. It's one of those wonderful moments when. Uh, you know, um, religious idolatry clashes with, you know, fashion. Mm. Those great mm-hmm. moments there. This is the Urban Outfitter story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Urban Outfitters, great place to buy a duvet. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you need a duvet. Yeah. If you're in college or <laughs> should be in college and need a duvet, Urban it's Outfitters. actually more of the should be's. Yeah, it's Don't a lot rather than the ones who actually are. The should be. It's that age group, but they're just like working at a coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. Just, just which there's nothing wrong with working at a coffee. Shop. No, no. But just yeah, and you're like, my band's really going to take off pretty soon. I mean, they offer me a manager <laughs> position, but we're going on tour next week. And oh, so, I need a duvet. So um, I better go to get a duvet at Urban Outfitters. <laughs> so for all of those kids, uh, what what Urban Outfitters had was. A duvet cover featuring Lord Ganesh. Um, oh, now, for those of you who right? maybe don't know, yeah, that's the elephant. That's the elephant guy. Mm. The elephant guy with the bunch of arms, right? Okay, right. So it's like an elephant head. Yeah, he's got the elephant head, and then okay. he's got sort of a big, jolly kind of Buddha-looking body, and okay. then he has multiple arms, and then... You know, on these images, uh, these pictographs, they'll like the arms are always holding like one's holding a drum and one has a palm with fire in it and one and each one of these things means something very specific, right? Sure, I mean okay. this is and it's not like that they got like, you know, Banksy to make it or whatever. Like it's a real legitimate print. It looks like uh something mm. that would be on a wall somewhere, right? Right. Um, okay. Well, the Hindus were just so unreasonable about this. Why? About their god, one of their gods being on. I mean, they have so many more. Well, I mean, There's that's so that's many thing. gods. Like, if you have that many, one of them's going to end up on a duvet. And they're bitching looking. Like, why wouldn't you want it on, like, a shirt? Or, like, it's kind of their fault. Yeah. Your god looks awesome. Yeah. So, I don't know what you want here. Like, you have one of the, some of the coolest looking gods of all time. Yeah. Right? I mean, would they mind if it was, like, modified in some way so that it didn't, like, fully resemble yeah but then what's the point sunglasses on him but then what's the point like if it doesn't look legitimate i I think sunglasses on lord ganesh would be pretty cool it would be pretty sweet when i was 10 we did a washington dc vacation when i was 10 years old Mm. speaking of the last story uh and uh at some gift shop somewhere i got a 
uh, it was a T-shirt with Lincoln Memorial <laughs> right on it, and he had he had a Hawaiian T-shirt on and some sunglasses, and I fucking loved that thing. <laughs> it was so cool. You know what would me? You know what make the kids really dig, really dig history, presidential history? If we kind of Chester cheated him up a little bit, what if we made him a little more radical? To be fair, this was 1985. Yeah. Okay. It was the it height well, of cool. It may as well have been Garfield sitting on the monument, you know. <laughs> I, I hate it, Mondays and Civil War. I thought it was awesome. The, oh, yeah. No, I can I completely understand. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, yeah, so so the, the, the duvet um, uh, was available online. And now the website is saying that it is sold out when really they pulled it because people oh. were, were upset. And and so here we go. So I, okay. uh, Rajan Zed, a Hindu activist from Nevada. That's a strange place to be <laughs> from if you're... Okay. All right. Keep going. It's a strange place to be from. <laughs> and president of the Universal Society of Hinduism. Wow. So listen here, Urban Outfitters. If you think you can sell that thing on Mars, you're dead wrong. <laughs> wow. Because yeah. Rajon Zed will have something to say he's, about he's it. He's got it. Yeah. Okay. He's, it's all covered. Okay. Uh, spearheaded the protest, saying the debate cover was highly inappropriate. He said that he was upset that it took the company almost two weeks to respond to the issue. You can put him in a frame and on the wall. That is fine. Zed said in an earlier interview, but not to be put on a bed, which you lie on and put your feet on. Oh, that is God. very inappropriate. Huh. Didn't they have some socks? They did. A couple years ago. <laughs> hey, Zed, you don't like that? <laughs> My feet are in your God now. How about that? Inside some Lord, the shoe. So the socks had Lord Ganesh. It was on. Lord Ganesh again. Again, what do the Hindus expect? Their gods look like members of the X-Men. They're awesome. Multi-arms, <laughs> different animal heads, crazy superpowers. They can grow to be giants. You know, I think they well, can shrink and fit into a, a doorknob or a, a, a keyhole. I think I, I think I heard that on the story. The problem, I think, is that as Americans, right? We we have a weird sense of like sacred and whatnot. Yeah. Because like if you look at like probably the most American expression of of Christianity, which is evangelicalism, mm -hmm. just nuts, fucking nuts. Yeah. I don't think any one of them would object to a duvet cover with Christ on the cross. Oh God, no! They would love it. No, wrapping <laughs> up with Jesus at night would be like the best thing ever. Go to the most religious area in the United States in the Bible Belt and go to any swap meet and try not to find something with Jesus or Mary on it. Oh no, kidding! They're everywhere. No, yeah, everywhere. They're everywhere. Hats, like, t-shirts, clocks. I bet there's pillowcases dude clocks you know? with like uh, uh fiber optic flowers on it that mm -hmm. change color right mm -hmm. uh yeah. big old fuzzy blankets with yeah. with jesus's face on them, right? right like that exactly. we love that we right. love that well, shit we as a society yeah yeah well they i'm gonna be clear i don't think it's the whole society but i think that like as far as like re a, the one of the largest groups and their religious expression it's who cares where you're putting to the, be to be fair, yeah. speak for yourself. You've been to my house. How much gaudy Jesus stuff is there? Oh, that's true. <laughs> I have a blanket with Jesus on it. 
And but it's you're the, not a member of that group. It's the coziest blanket I own. It's, I, it's lovely. I just think that it's like, uh, it's pretty funny. Well, and so there's part of me that's like, there's part of me that's like, well, the Hindus are being a little bit unreasonable about mm-hmm. this, but then, but then the other end of it that makes me go, well, is that the very last paragraph says, Urban Outfitters has used religious symbols on merchandise before, upsetting other religious groups. In 2012, the company sold a shirt that resembled the Yellow Star of David patch the Jews were forced to wear in Nazi Germany. Oh, in what? March, the retailer was asked to remove a shirt that said, Jesus, I'm drunk, with a picture of Jesus holding a beer. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> Like that's funny. Yeah, the but, Jewish one not funny, not, but the Jesus one's funny. Yeah, the Jewish one. Uh, I think uh, I'm pretty sure. No, please write in if if you have comments about this because I'm no designer, but I'm pretty sure it'll always be too soon to use <laughs> the 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 yellow star of David. Yeah, probably. Is that? Uh, it's like the Hitler mustache. It'll never. It can never come back. I don't know. I think, you think the Hitler mustache has a... I think it come back. No. Yes. When? The 100th anniversary of the end of World War II. <laughs> it's It'll like... Be the 2000, late 2040s, it's going to be all the rage to have Hitler mustaches. It's like... Because it's... enough time will finally have passed. He's been dead... But you're making... A hundred years. <laughs> over a hundred years. But you're making you made it sound like on the anniversary, like it's Movember or something, yeah. and everybody shaves. Everybody it in. should. That should be a thing. Oh God! At the one hundred, because we're doing the one hundredth anniversary of uh, well, the start of World War One. Oh right, right now. Yeah, I mean we're coming up on one hundred years of like crazy things that seemed. I mean World War One always seemed like distant past, but yeah. like World War Two, growing up never really did. Grandparents no, who fought in the war. Yeah, and that yeah, kind of yeah. Shit, it was you know? right there. Like so, two thousand forty. 2045. Hitler mustache. Hitler mustache will be all the rage. You heard it here first. Well, say what you want about Hitler. He did have a really rough honeymoon. All right. uh, Did you want to go with your next word? But he had a rocking stash. That's the thing. Like, that mustache was awesome. I don't think it's ever coming back. No, but like, think of it. That's such a cool mustache. You know, but you know what you do? You know what you never see? What? That with a five o'clock shadow. Think about how horrible that would look. Oh, it would. See, what? when you do, when you coif the hair like that, when you really get in there and mm-hmm. you do like, like Prince, like uh-huh. if you do like the crazy Prince sideburn thing. Right. Then you can never have like the look that you've got going on right, right. now. Right. No, or you've no, like, no. you let it go just a little bit and you have the cool Don no. Johnson thing. No, yeah. You can't do it. Right. Imagine the Hitler mustache with like a couple of days growth on no, the side. That'd sides. be gross. So what disgusting. What about a soul patch? Oh. That'd be cool. Then if you saying? if you really pursed your lips together, it would just look like you had a little beaver tail coming down from your nose. <laughs> Gross. Okay, I take it back. <laughs> I take it back, one hundred percent. All right, um, this is the tangent show. Yeah, this is, is good stuff. Yeah, don't isn't this what we always do? This is, yeah, yeah, and it yeah yeah we used to and Dan's sit. Head explodes when he listens. To we, it. we used to people. We used to sit next to each other at work. Uh, we never yeah. got anything done uh, for your productivity my leaving was probably the best thing that ever happened <laughs> probably <laughs> i just sit there by myself like <sighs> this, this hour and a half used to be spent just talking to frank god did the days get long they got long <laughs> all right um so uh 
I love this kind of stuff. Uh, the, the, all these little Pew research studies, survey things, right? They're always very uh, surprising. Yeah, I feel like. and yeah. they're wonderfully informative. Mm-hmm. I just love the numbers for some reason. I love hearing about you know this percentage of people feeling this way and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, definitely. Well, there's another one out this week, and it has to do with sort of with Americans' views of our various different religious groups. And it's sort of this warm, cold scale thing. Oh, what we Rather think than... there is the most of. No, 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 no. Just our view, our sense of, our, oh, oh, how oh. positive we feel about a group oh, or how negative we oh, feel okay. about a group. Just what is that group's, per- like, how are they perceived by Americans? Okay, and right? what is our pool made up of? Americans. No, no, uh, uh, in terms of, of what religious groups? Sounds like pretty much all of them. Buddhists are on the list. Hindus are on the list. Oh, atheists wow. are okay. on the list. Okay. And um, we lost, didn't we? Yeah, we lost. Shit. Yeah. I knew it. Um, but it is, it, is, it is really interesting because in addition to well, – let's just go through the initial numbers. Yeah, let's do it. Um, the initial numbers are uh, just in general, Americans – um, what do you think the number one group is that we, Americans feel most, the most loved, the most positive about? Yeah, the the the, the warmer <clears throat> is they have it on warmer and cooler scale. Catholics? No, Catholics are high, but there is one group higher than Catholics. Not just like is it just like general Christians? Is that an actual thing? Is mm-hmm, that not really Buddhists? No, Buddhists don't do terribly. I guess I'm just trying to think if you were if you were to get everybody's opinion mm-hmm. that, that it actually might be surprising to be honest what is it jews sure yeah we in general like as 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 far as as much as there are the jew that, haters yeah. like the actual legitimate you know they control the media types yeah but those that, those know. people are 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 so marginalized there's right. they're, well they're marginalized and it's an insulary community right exactly you don't have like one guy who does like great barbecues on the weekend and everybody in the neighborhood loves him and you know he does have that hey jew hate thing but other than that <laughs> right like if there's a guy that's like that nobody talks to that guy anymore right well and he never really says it yeah he doesn't he, he goes and harbors it he gets inside at the end of the day and goes jews with his <laughs> fists balled up yeah, the um, the average score of huh. respondents placed uh, Jews at sixty three. Score of sixty three uh, with with zero being the coldest perception mm. and one hundred being the warmest reception. So this is an average of perceptions. Wow. It's not a percentage or anything like that. So it's not like sixty three percent of Americans view pot Jews positively. It, it's, no, it's the high water mark. This is Americans have this average warmth yeah towards jews and it ranks 63 and and it's as high as it gets that's 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 the highest any group is perceived right below them at 62 is catholics does that mean that there was still 37 percent or or there were still 37 percent of people that were polled that went eh, jews again it's not percentage it's where how do you how positively do you feel so you could say on a scale of zero to 100 and a respondent would say feel the temperature i would give them would be 85 or, or i would give them or 63 or oh, i don't know 32 you know i feel <laughs> like the idea of, of you answering frigid. those questions ooh, like that no ooh ooh um, jehovah's witness ooh oh <laughs> oof. 
They're the ones with the pamphlets and they come around. Oh. They're the ones that just, they just don't oh, seem like not, very much awful fun. people. They're not awful. No, it's not about being I grew, awful. I grew up with some living across the street. But they, they were, were fine. They were cold. They were fine. They were, I feel a little cold. I don't, mm, I'd put them around <laughs> 40. No, it's more like sweater weather. I like, like the 55. history. There were some across the street <laughs> when I was growing up. It's proximity. It's there proximity. Were. I, never, I worked with a kid who was Jehovah's yeah. Witness. There were always um, there were always Jehovah's Witness kids in all of our classes growing up. It's such an unfair way to raise a kid. Oh, it's awful. So it's unfair. Awful. And the rest of us had to make like really stupid uh, craft projects around the holidays. Right. Because the craft projects had to like accommodate everyone. So like I my mom still has this Christmas ornament that I made that is um just it, a box, just an unpainted wooden no, box. No, no, no. It's it's an ice cream soda <laughs> that has a little hook added in it. It was a little clear little cup and we use little pom poms. Yeah. Right? And they look right and, at that kid and go, Now, Patrick, the hook could just be used if to for a nail on the wall. No, what, what it wouldn't have for the to Jehovah's go on a Witnesses tree. kids, they didn't put the hook on, they put a magnet so they could put it on their refrigerator. Oh my god. And that poor kid is like, Don't placate me, lady, I know. <laughs> Actually, I think uh, it was I presented, for those of you who'd like to have this as an ornament, you can do this. And for those of you who'd like to put it on the the the, 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 the refrigerator, you can do it like this. And so it was totally, everybody just opted. Mommy says that soda is another way in which we have joy and that that hurts God's feelings. Did I you, can't have this. Did you ever make ashtrays <laughs> in class? No. I actually legitimately took home an ashtray once to my Mormon parents. <laughs> Because it was like the it was the early eighties. <laughs> people were still like, oh yeah, people smoke. Enough people smoke that all the kids are gonna take home. Day, everybody made an ashtray that day in art. I'm dead serious. Look, even if your parents don't smoke, maybe they're gonna have one of the neighbors over, and they're definitely they smokers. They put their keys in it. Well, what if my because I'm pretty sure I was always very outspoken about this kind of stuff. What if my parents don't smoke? Well, they can use it to put their keys in. Well, what are the notches on the side for? God, Frank, I don't know. Just do this. Do you know how much I'm getting paid? <laughs> All right. Back to this. Um, boot, uh, evangelical Christians come at 61%. Or not, 60, score of 61. Mm. I was the one just railing against it being a percentage. S- evangelical Christians are evangelical 61? Christians. Okay. Buddhists, 53. Hindus, 50. Mormons, 48, so they're below what? the halfway mark. There are more peop- there's more sentiment that's against them that's for them. But still, like, in, in the order that it's going, they're in the it's, middle. it's kind of weird. Yeah. Okay. Atheists, 41. And Muslims, so we're not, we're not last, thank God, uh, 40. So they score 40 on the scale. We... We beat the Muslims. So... We're 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 the, improving actually. But here's happening. the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, the or de- they've gotten worse. Yeah. Well, I was going to. That's what I was going at. Is the de- a, a population of people that make up the lowest uh, 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 percent of of murderers, rapists, and general people in prison, mm-hmm. atheists, right? Still barely eked by the the religion that sent two planes into the tallest buildings in North America. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> 
Hindus over Mormons, though, huh? Hindus, Hindus over Mormons. Now, so that's where the was scale. Catholics? I, I, I didn't. Catholics I didn't. were number two. Okay, right below the Jews. Okay, that's okay. what I thought. Okay, but what's interesting about this whole thing is that this is the scale that includes everybody, and so there's a huge number of Catholics in this country. Same with evangelical Christians. Right. They're they're in this group. Right. They're getting to say, yeah, we feel great about ourselves. That's a really good point. So they they there is a they they have sort of distilled out that fact, and it brought everybody down just a little bit. Ooh, you know what? I would like to see this. You raised such but it a didn't good point. Change the order. You raised such a good point. I would love to see this done again, strictly with non-denominational people. People that are just like, meh. Like I believe in God, or people that are atheist or agnostic. Oh, we—I think we have those numbers in this study. Really? Yeah. Oh. Um, so, of people who are uh, unaffiliated, and that includes atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular, which I think is a wonderful category. <laughs> that's it. That's to belong to. That's what it says. Uh, nothing. Nothing in, in, nothing in particular. Yeah, just, just, mm, just whatever, mm, whatever. So, <laughs> whatever what, regular people do. Yeah. That's what I do. Um. So, uh. The, the general sort of averaged out amongst those. We have those broken down, too. Okay. Um, but the unaffiliated, um, their highest scored group was uh, Buddhists. That makes perfect sense to me. Followed by atheists. They, sure. So, so not Atheists stayed unaffili- on the list? <laughs> Whoa. I, I, the unaffiliated. We're through the looking view, glass. View atheist second. Because, well, 16. no, wait. So they, so to the unaffiliated, they're considering atheism is in, is, is as a belief, as a, as an indoctrinated belief. No, just as a religious expression, I think. Whoa. Right. That is kind of wild though. Yeah. Um, or a non-religious expression. Like, what? How? who are you? I guess right? there is a difference between not believing in God and being an atheist, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 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 Mm. Well, what I mean is, is that... I think that's what the definition of it. No, but what I mean is, is as a lifestyle, what we're doing right here is something that outspoken people who are atheists do. Right. They do a podcast about being atheist, as yeah. as do the people who listen to the show they're consciously aware of that. Hmm. Right? right. But I think that there's people out there who just like fucking go to their job every day and they're like, no, all that stuff is stupid. And you're like, so you're an atheist. And they're like, I, I don't even have time to answer whatever that question is. Right. Like there's <laughs> right, right, probably right. tons of people like that. Right. So back to this thing, unaffiliated, um, uh, atheists at 60, uh, Jews at 58. So of course I, I, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Hindus at 56, which I think I feel like is a little high. Um, and, uh, and then Catholics at 52, Muslims at 45, Mormons at 44, and evangelical Christians, of course, coming in dead last at 41. You know what? That's almost- We a... put them where they basically put us. Right. That's, that is pretty much, if, if I was answering the Actually, questions- at 32. If I was answering the questions, that's almost exactly what mine would probably look like. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that Buddhists- yeah, you know what I mean. That's 
That's the close. It, it's such a f- philosophical. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not. You know. It kind of does no harm. Yeah, and it's way. just well, and the people that I mean, it I've, does, but not really. And the people that I've met in my life who are Buddhist have been wonderful people. See, actually, my opinion of Buddhism has gone down based on the people, the Buddhists that I've known. Well, who are you meeting? <laughs> is it like college professors that are just assholes? It is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you remember the Zen Center, right? Oh God! Yeah, not that. Like I have one friend who uh, who went and did that whole thing, and he was like, "He's awesome." Right. right. Pretty much everyone else that I've ever encountered that came from that whole thing was just like just nauseating. I'm gonna say something, and I hope that nobody I had a takes roommate nobody takes offense at this. I hope nobody takes Awful. offense at this, but I am just gonna say it. Were they all white people? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, of course I think they that were. That's, I think that's a lot different. <laughs> of course they were. Well, okay. The guy who runs House of Tibet. He's like the sweetest human yeah, being. he's super nice. So, well, that's a whole other story. But you know that I have a history <laughs> with, with uh, Eastern philosophy No, I know. Places. We, we've talked and, about it on yeah, the show Yeah, we've talked about it on the show. And yeah. so, and though, uh, a lot of those were Taoists, but a lot of them were Buddhists, too. Right. And, and and not, I mean, sorry about the white person crack. No, but, no, no, you no, know, it's fine. There's it's a, fine. There's a difference there. I get it. Um, Anyways, so the highest ranked group by a non, like, so the Jews rank themselves 89. The Jews feel great about themselves. And of any group. What are are we worried about? They they rank themselves the highest of any group. What do they rank the lowest? Uh, The Jews do not like evangelical Christians. They come in at 34. They also don't really like Muslims. Who's weirdly who score higher than evangelical Christians? Really, at thirty-five, which is interesting because the evangelic don't do the evangelicals uh, like the Jews. Evangelicals love the Jews, right? Because yeah. it take the Jews have to get back control of uh, the yeah. Temple Mount in order for Armageddon to happen and their main man Jesus to come back, right? Right. Yeah, evangelical Jews. Um, or evangelical Christians, evangelical white, Jews. white evangelical Christians, uh, rank Jews sixty nine. Wow, they rank don't, themselves don't, at eighty two. Don't tell, yeah, the evangelicals about the Jews survey because <laughs> that number might drop a little bit. <laughs> I know, right? So, anyways, it's kind of interesting. We it should is probably really move interesting on, uh, at this point. I find but, that um, really interesting, though. I, I, I I, I think that um, – oh, and there was one last thing, uh, just a, a breakdown by age, which was kind of interesting. Um, Christians and Jews are viewed more positively by older people. Younger people um, don't really feel too hot about Christians and Jews, which is interesting. It is interesting. I, I mean, we see the shift in this country happening. Yeah. But, like, but it, it is – it's always interesting when you actually see it. Is the atheist number go up when you when you look at the younger uh, younger answers? Um, let's see. Were atheists included? Um, uh, they didn't break it down that way. Oh, okay. Because I bet it yeah. does. Like you said, the shift. I think there is definitely a a, a shift happening in terms of yeah. I mean, yeah. not that young people are to known other to be groups. Necessarily oh no, no, no. Reasonable, this is to other but... groups. It is here. Um, 18 to 29, 49 is the score for atheists, whereas 65 plus is 34. And it just kind of does a nice little line down. Oh, okay. To, to the older yeah. group from mm-hmm. between the, the people in their 20s. But almost 50, almost 50 for, for people 
eighteen to twenty nine. That makes sense. Yeah. So we're Definitely. on the we're 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 cool with the kids. The future <laughs> is so bright and positive for how us. How do we get how do we get to the kids? <laughs> well, that's the secret. Yeah. You get that figured out. Yeah. You win the hearts and minds of the younger generation and you're golden. What was uh uh what was George Carlin's great line where he's the cardinal in dogma? He's like, so you indoctrinate the kids, like the cigarette company, and he goes, Jesus, if we only had their numbers. <laughs> All, right. All right, so uh, moving on, let's go to London. Ooh, okay. Let's yeah, do. I know, let's really do. I said it out loud, yeah. and I was like, that sounds really nice. Um, okay, so Tesco, you're aware of Tesco. It's a uh, supermarket, supermarket chain. chain. And by chain, we mean mega chain. Mega chain. They're all over the world. Yeah. So uh, this but one. not so much here. So this Tesco mm-hmm. uh, in West London had a Muslim employee okay. who refused to sell a woman ham and wine, which, mm-hmm. you know, she was doing <laughs> okay. a ham and wine luncheon well, and she needed her supplies. <laughs> and what Let's goes see, what better together? Serve? Um... Ooh, ham and maybe a white wine. That's the direction I would go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, it's, yeah. it it's, better have been white. It is the white meat, so you would really you want, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah it's, it's an, a an good, old rule uh, of thumb. Kind of match the color of the meat to the well, color of the wine, and you want to play. You want a playful uh, bouquet, you yeah. know, with the white wine. Yeah. Anyway, um, you want uh, something that could stand up to the sweetness of the ham. Oh God! Ooh, that just made gave me goosebumps. Bad goosebumps. Uh. So she was in there to buy her ham and wine, and uh, the Muslim employee refused to sell it Mm. because he, Mm -hmm. not the woman buying the wine and the ham, Mm -hmm. he, the employee, was fasting for Ramadan. (laughs) Okay, so, but clearly, okay, wait a second, because Muslims can't, it's prohibited to, to, to eat pork products. Which Period. Of ham is. That's yeah, across and, the board. And and they don't drink alcohol. Right. And wine is is, is alcohol. Alcohol. Yeah, unless this was uh, <laughs> uh Martinelli's. Yeah, I don't think it was. Uh and so but would he normally have have sold this woman these these products except for the fact that it's Ramadan, or does he just is that just a coincidence? He, well, he said okay. he said, I can't sell you these. I'm fasting. Yeah, so maybe there's like an, a higher level of like order of cleanliness that they have. Responsibility. Like they can't touch. Why could he not have just had her swipe it across the scanner? Well, so, so he, if he didn't touch it. He did tell her. Now, see, this again, I feel like this is splitting hairs because he said that he couldn't serve that. He couldn't, he couldn't actually uh, help her by right. checking that stuff out. But he did offer friendly advice by telling her to go to the self-checkout which to me is like so you you almost did it yeah or you got a paycheck that money from the paycheck came from the store where the lady bought the ham and the wine and that was okay (laughs) like wait like at what point do you say you know never mind we can't do this so she rightfully so got pissed off filed a complaint um the manager backed up the worker. Wow. Yeah. Which That's it, weird. To it me. is weird. Well, and and not to be again, I feel like I feel like that it was 
more than anything, it seems to me like it would like the Muslim dude was somebody who kind of doesn't like feel, has a lot of conviction, but kind of doesn't really understand why he's doing stuff. Huh. Do you know what I mean? That doesn't that usually seem like the guy that ends up bitching about stuff is the one that. <laughs> Like, you know, like odds are he probably was, if he had really read the fine print, he probably wasn't even supposed to be at work or something. Or well, I think you can go to work. I don't know. You know what I mean, though? It's like yeah. one of those weird things where it's like, okay, the Mormon, Mormon, you know, on Sunday, you're not supposed to. But he clearly was at the end. I mean, he clearly was cranky. Oh, yeah. From not eating. Well, yeah. And here she comes in. She's waving this ham around in his face. He's like, I've always wanted to try this ham. Look, first of all. It looks so delicious. It looks so delicious. I don't know why he has. It's temptation. It's temptation too far. I don't know why he has that accent in West London. Uh, Oh, it's temptation then, isn't it? Like, is that? (laughs) I'm just saying. I just, but again, it's like it's like the Mormon thing, right? You, you're not supposed to shop. You're not supposed to work. You're not supposed to shop. All these things, but you have Mormons, and they always go out to a restaurant. And you're like, "Well, you're making these guys that are serving you. They're working. Yeah, you're making them work. Yeah. Where's the line? And they're not, and they're the they're of the mindset that they're they're not supposed to make people work. They're not the supposed Sabbath. to they're do not anything. Supposed to create work for people. Yeah. on the Sabbath uh, of any kind, except for like emergency services. Right, and instead they're at the Target. But they're hungry. They're... It's kind of an emergency. Yeah, you know? yeah, well, and I'm they're just, like I'm feeling a little peckish. We wanted Leatherbees. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, uh, it's a weird. It's a. It's it, it. It's again. It's that sliding. It's like once you have your convictions and you start putting caveats on all of it. Yeah. Like, does he normally sell it? Yeah, I know. See, that's. The, but it must be you're held to a higher, a heightened level of cleanliness. You're like a co- code orange for cleanliness, <laughs> right? During Ramadan. Yeah. Maybe it's even code red. I don't know. For you cleanliness. Know, Although no, I bet. I bet. The Hajj. Let's try using something other than the terror alert when talking about Ramadan. I didn't realize I did that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, DEFCON 4. Ooh, still. I don't know. We were in a meeting and, you know, we were talking about Ramadan and, and, and he just kept saying ground zero. And I don't think he realized the term he kept using. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah, you got a, okay. you got another one here. I've got I've got the the, the last, last of one. our stories. All right, we've spent plenty of time on this. It's always good. I know. It's because it's a damn festival when I'm uh, here, I man. Know. Come it's on, so much fun. I only get I get to do this literally like once a year, you guys. So well, like, it's maybe it's twice, a year. twice a year. I think. So like, I try to make the most of it when I'm here. Yeah, no, and literally, great. since we don't sit next to each other at work anymore, like we got to get a moment to chat. Yeah, we got to get a lot of shit done. <laughs> <laughs> And you're here for all of it. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, this is coming to us from WANE.com mm. uh, from Wayne, Indiana. Oh, uh, Fort love Wayne. Wayne. Fort Wayne. I love I'm Wayne. Um, and uh, this is the story of a motorcyclist who um, was riding along, mm-hmm. minding his own business. Mm. He's been riding uh, motorcycles for like 25, 30 years or something pro, like that. Pro at it. He, he Yeah. He's 47 years old. All right. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's been doing this forever. And uh, he's riding along. What's his name? As long as we're painting a picture here, I'm just... Ooh. Anthony Olivieri. Olivieri. Oliveri? Oliveri. Oliveri. Anthony Oliveri. Anthony Oliveri. Tony Oliveri. He's been riding bikes for 30-some-odd years. 
So he's, right, he's, he's riding along, mm-hmm. and uh, he I can pick, had the unfortunate... So the, 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 this unfortunate set of events was happening in a car next to him, oh. which is the woman who was driving the car uh-huh. heard God say to her, let go of the wheel. <gasps> so wait, <laughs> I, again, I'm p- p- painting the picture. So we have, t- so Tony is driving, is riding. He's riding his bike. His motorcycle. Mm-hmm. The lane next to him is a, a, a car. A car. And in the car is a woman and God. She says... That she was driving, and mm. out of nowhere, this is mm. her quote. Oh, this is a this is the police telling us what she said. Uh, she was driving, and out of nowhere, God told her that He would take it from here, and she let go of the wheel and let Him take it. Grab the wheel, Jesus. Yeah. So she was just like, "Okay, let's see what happens." Did, did he? And the car swerved. <gasps> but God said, "Ran." Over oh. the motorcyclist, Tony. Tony ran over the motorcycle and Tony Oliveri. So he is just bebopping along, and all of a sudden the car starts to swerve into his lane. He's like, "Hey, what the hell?" And then it just like gunk gunk gunk. Yeah, ran him over. Okay. And he's laying there on the road as it's happening. He's thinking, "I'm dying." Of course, guaranteed. As one, as one would when a car I, runs I'm, one I'm, over. This is this is it. I'm done. This is it, Tony. Your your card is punched. He he says that he he was like, um, well, if this is the way God's taking me, this is it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love Tony. Yeah, yeah. I want to ride motorcycles with Tony. (laughs) If he's Um, still has his legs. Well, no, it sounds like he's fine. The car ran over him. He was he was expecting uh, serious injuries. He he was there were there was road rash, and Mm. uh, he broke some ribs. If I may, at this point. There's two different people that have put full trust into God. Yeah. So that, you know, if this was on the Hallmark channel, it'd be this, oh, but then in real life, it's gunk, gunk, gunk. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, And uh, yeah, so she's in custody. Sure. Sure. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. So, so it all ends. It all ends okay because she needed to be removed from the roads, apparently. Right. Because she's crazy. And and the other real sad part here is that God is a total fucking liar. Well, he didn't do any of the stuff he said he was going to do. Well, but everything's fine. Tony's alive. <gasps> the woman had like. No, you're right. Tony had a faith-promoting experience in his life. Actually, it's what he needed. It, her car oh, running over him at that point is what he needed. That God yeah. saw the whole thing, and He was like, "Sweetheart, I know exactly how your car is out of alignment. I know it. I can see it right now. I know exactly the, the angle this car is going to swerve, and it's going to be perfect. It's going to be fine. You let go of the wheels in three, two, one." And that's when that and everything's worked. Oh my god! It was a miracle. Because you're right. It was a miracle you're on the road. Absolutely right. Of Fort is that Wayne. I did not. You. It, it is a miracle because I didn't. I forgot that what you what what she said was, I'll take it from here. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now Tony, you know, was he just in the hospital, just saying like, God threw a car at me. <laughs> I don't know. That's how I, I was saved. God threw a car right well, at me. I, I think you, I mean, you, you brought up sort of a movie version of this whole thing. Yeah. I would love to see the story that like, that, that, that 
blends this into an actual faith promoting thing where he's like, that is just what I needed. God bitch slapped me with this car right at the right time. Here's the problem. There's no way you make that movie where there isn't at least just that scene in it where like the little, you know, it's sort of that see-through glowy blue Obi-Wan Kenobi look of a hand grabbing the steering wheel and just going, turning it towards (laughs) some poor asshole on his motorcycle. And then in that moment, there's no way that people aren't like, ooh, wow, God's a real asshole. (laughs) You can't, you can't do it. There's no way. You could make it as inspirational as you want, you could put a Sarah McLaughlin song behind it in there. You could, you know, have like a real soft, like fuzzy, gauzy filter on there. You're still showing God turning a steering wheel into some poor dumb asshole that's just like minding his own business. Yeah. And then at the end of it, he's like, whoa. Yeah. Thank you so much, God, for running me over. <laughs> you know, for, what you- for, for letting Prianda Hill. Have her little experiment. I'm I'm sorry. What was that again? Prianda. Oh wow. Prianda Hill. Or Prianda. I'm but I'm gonna say Prianda. Prianda Onda Onda. Let go of the wheel, Prianda Onda Onda. I will take it from here, here. Yeah. Prianda. You know what else God could have done? Nothing. And just let Tony go his way. And maybe that, him getting home safe, maybe that would have made him believe in God. And maybe Prianda, I don't know, could have volunteered at a soup kitchen. Yeah, sure. Rather than like serving how many, how many yeah, months and Like to, for you years. to know. How, how, what, what would she, I mean, it's definitely. How much time does she get? Recklessness. I mean, I would, I would imagine that it's a, it's, it's uh psychiatric. Yeah. I bet it's not jail time. It's I bet it's psychiatric. Yeah, probably. But you know, I mean, it's like I to for me to prove to you what a good friend I am isn't to punch you in the nose and then say, see, I didn't break it. We're buddies. <laughs> right? I could just not do that. But what if God told you that that's what I needed? But what if I just told you, you know why? You know how you know that I'm your friend? I don't punch you in the face. I never punch you in the face. And you go, you're right. You don't. I've got a lot of friends. By that, by that reasoning, I've got a lot of friends. So literally all God really needed to do is once Tony got home from his safe and completely harmless motorcycle ride is to go inside. And if God can really talk to people like that, go, could have thrown a car at you. And he's like, okay, I'll be at church on Sunday. Her name was Prianda and Her she name. was ready. And she was right she fucking was next ready. to you, Tony. Well, I mean, ultimately, isn't it? You know, I mean, we're making up this part of the story, clearly. But like, so are they. No, 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 no. But like, <laughs> but Abraham. We know we're making it up. Abraham, right? Mm. Asked to sacrifice his son on the altar. Right. Right. Yeah. God stopped him before he did it. Right. So, I mean, the, this whole faith promotion thing is a little bit of crap. Because Prianda should have been stopped. She should have let go, and then God should have been like, nope, take it back. You proved yourself. Or that just was, like... You you proved it. Or pulled sweetheart. into a parking lot and done some donuts, and she's like, oh my God! Yeah. Either God is real, or it's like Herbie the love bug. It's like the <laughs> car can drive itself. Right. Instead, it was just like... 
Gone off so some it's jumps. The car turns into, into Kit. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> Hello, Brianda. <laughs> Our mission today, <laughs> if you're willing to accept it, is to avoid that motorcyclist over there. Yeah. Not run over anybody. Yeah. That's what I'm going to show you. <laughs> that God is real. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, if you'd like to chime in on this or anything else that we've talked about today, you can do so. Any of the by, many things we talked about. By emailing us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Uh, we also have a voicemail set up. Uh, the phone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, leave a voicemail. Leave we love yeah, it when that happens. Yeah. Our Facebook page is going like gangbusters. Uh, Facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to join the conversation during the week. Mackenzie really does funny a great stuff job. She does, yeah. um, we're getting tons of likes, and it's just, it's fantastic. Um, I've also been making a, an honest attempt to tweet at TGI Atheist, um, and it's been fun. And, Do you like, uh, you like doing it? Yeah. But I don't. I, I I haven't gotten into it fully. I'm trying to get there. Right. I do about a tweet or two a week mm-hmm. at this point. Um, I still just hate that word tweet. Yeah, I know. You're hearing like Diane Reem say it. All right. Thank God I'm atheist.com is our website. We're gonna take a quick break. Uh, we're we're gonna do a, a Brian Fisher moment here. I'm not familiar. Um, oh, he's a nasty little conservative talk <laughs> talk show he's a nasty he's a nasty little bridge troll who has uh, his own radio show yeah um and here he is i don't we talked about this on the show um i think two episodes back about burger king's uh marketing thing during pride oh, right. in san francisco yeah yeah where they they uh it was i mean I have, and I also, I, I think it was just a one-time deal. Yeah. They did it during Pride. They called it the Proud Whopper. They made a little video. It went viral. And then conservative Christian talk show people went fucking nuts. Maybe you heard about this um, Burger King coming out with what they're calling the Proud Whopper. Now, it's just in, just in San Francisco right now, and we're thinking about doing something about this as an organization, some kind of action alert to get the attention of the Burger King establishment, the, the Burger King poobahs. But this one Burger King restaurant in San Francisco came out with something called the Proud Whopper. And it's got the rainbow colors on it and all that. And they even produced about a two-minute sort of Internet or web-based commercial. I'm not really a commercial, but it's just kind of a little feature on the introduction of the Proud Whopper in San Francisco. And you had people in tears. They were so touched by this thing that they were in tears. Now, the concern, obviously, is if this isn't bottled up in San Francisco, this kind of nonsense, then it's going to be spreading across the entire fruited plain. And you're going to be going to your Burger King in Des Moines, Iowa, and you're going to have a rainbow-colored wrapper for your Whopper. You know, and I got to tell you, the Proud Whopper, I got to tell you, I think this is a marketing I think this is a this is this is a, a a marketing mistake. I think it's a bonehead move from a marketing standpoint. Because I gotta guarantee you, when people sit down to eat a hamburger, the last thing they want to be thinking about is two guys having sex. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you know. It depends on the two guys. I would For say me, that, it depends on the I two know. Guys. That's sort of where I went also is I'm like, well, if it's you, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be thinking about no, you. Like, no. But, you know, like, I don't know, Ryan Gosling and, you know, who else? Mm, ooh. 
What what really whets a, your appetite? A, 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 a dyna- oh, okay. Ryan Gosling. Matthew McConaughey. No, 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 no. More of Magic a, Mike. Matthew McConaughey. No, 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 no. Sorry, um, this is your fantasy. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not pushing this on you. Go ahead. Uh, Tom Hardy. Oh shit! Yeah, Tom his, Hardy. His very kissable lips. Oh, sh- <laughs> everything. <laughs> Everything's kissable. It's, you know, for a guy who for a guy who just threw her on the word poobah, I think then saying like how gross it would be, I'm like, you know, <laughs> let's let's don't split hairs here. Uh, That's fantastic. This just like the idea a that they could do anything about it. We got yeah. we're uh, we're worth really thinking about sending some people in mm-hmm. to talk to one of the largest companies, right? Right, like, yeah, because yeah, they're really going to be concerned about yeah. whatever Believe you me, have to say. No company issues starts issuing gay ads or gay promotional materials of any kind <laughs> without having assessed the lay of the land first. Yeah, and they know exactly where and, they where they land. And literally hired a guy, hired a guy to tell this guy, "Fuck you." Yeah, like they have a guy yeah. <laughs> whose specific job yeah. is when. Million moms for whatever and all that dumbass for Christian people. burgers. Yeah, exactly. Like you know what? You Keep know what? your hands off our hamburgers. Just, just go into Chick Fil A and shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, you have you have a, a whole... fast food establishment already lined up for you. Yeah, you've got that. You've got a craft store. Yeah, you've they, got... they've got a. Uh, what about a clothing store? Do they have a? Oh, Forever Twenty One. Okay, you're they have, right. They have Forever they have Twenty One. Forever 21. Uh, what else do they have? They're, they're, uh, oh, um, um, they, they have a serious burger joint in and out. They put um, which we'll, really, if there's uh, any burger that's going to make stop. me think about sex, <laughs> it's the In and Out Burger. And it's the but they put right? little Bible verses on the bottom of their. Um, you're soda. right. They yeah. do. Oh, those are nice. There's that. That's nice. You know, I mean, there's they're they've got their places. They've got their places. These poor persecuted Christians. Yeah. Right. I, I think that they're probably doing. Burger King just, just said, "We're fine with you not liking us. Yeah, we're fine with you eating we, at those other we, places. You know what? Like that's, we won't lie. We haven't been living in a cave. We kind of anticipated some of this." <laughs> <laughs> You know, and they it's, know it's, where the tide wasn't is. Where, it, you know, wasn't it J.C. Penney's that had Ellen DeGeneres as their spokesperson? Yeah, and the million moms were like, "But she's gay!" And like, you want to like, she, like yeah. one of the biggest celebrities in America, yeah. and that they're going to be like, "Wait, she the real what? objection? She's what? She's yeah. gay?" But the real objection here should have been, "It's J.C. Penney." Yeah. Ew. You really think that Ellen? Ellen... Come on, Ellen. Don't back J.C. Penney. No. This Although, is... did you see the way she dressed before she got famous? I bet she shopped at she Penny's should... a lot. <laughs> I mean, she dresses awesome now, but that's because yeah. people get paid to dress her. Right, right, right. But yeah, like, there, there back in the day, at Ross, oh, too. there was some backwards ball yeah. caps and yeah. lots of pleats on those jeans. It was the 90s. Yeah, it was. It was the 90s. Oh, it's so that unfortunate. That sitcom of hers. Yeah. Oof. Mm. Like overalls. Yeah. Oh. I think there yeah. were some overalls and yeah. sweatshirts. She lived next door to Blossom, right? <laughs> Wasn't that in, written into the show? I think so, yeah. And Alf. Alf lived on the other side of her. It's an all-one neighborhood. It's yeah. a cul-de-sac. I have this fantasy that Alf, <laughs> Empty Nest, and the Golden Girls all lived on the same street in Florida. Was, and I don't know why. It was Designing Women right around the corner. 
No, because they're clearly that's they're in Atlanta. We oh, know they're you're in right. Atlanta. <laughs> You've really worked this out. No, but we know the show talks about it. <laughs> they but, do the sugar bakers of Atlanta. Right, but that's a stretch. But Alf being an actual character is okay. No, 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 no. The fantasy is that the <laughs> network wrote had them all written onto the same street. And I don't know why. Is this, this is the, in my head. It seriously legitimately is in my head. Is this the moment And when I know D- it's not for real. Is this the moment when Dan's head explodes when he listens to the yeah, episode? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But like I remember <laughs> there being um the, the you know how they used to do those like Friday night crossover things? Yeah, yeah sure. Where like one person from one show would all of a sudden have a walk on yeah. on another show. Yeah, yeah. I distinctly remember, and I don't know if it's true or not, of like <laughs> Blanche showing up at the door at Empty Nest and the guy at an, on Empty Nest. Do you remember that show? Oh yeah, I loved Empty that, Nest. That, that he would sh- that he showed up at the Golden Girls house. Wasn't Empty Nest Oh, I thought, oh, no, I was thinking Empty Nest was a crossover from Taxi, but that was Dear John. That was Dear John. I liked that show, too. That was a good show. Wasn't the comic relief? He lived next door to um, um, Perfect Strangers, though. Oh, why did Belky have a, a walk-on? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Just, the, that's, that was world. Chicago. I Balky like, lived in Balky and cousin Larry lived in Chicago. I picture just like a tiny little like preteen Frank like drawing all of this on the back of a trapper keeper. <laughs> this Let's is where see. I think everybody lives. Mm-hmm. Like Frank, will you go outside and play? Well, Balky was from the same part of Sicily that that. Uh, um, the Betty White's character. Is... No, 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 no. no, no, she, no. Was, she was from like. Oh, that's right. No, that was like Sophia. Sli- oh. Sophia. Sophia and Balky were from the same island. I like this. Which is totally not true because Balky always talked about the name of the place he was from. Well, Bartokomus doesn't sound... It was Greek. Yeah. It's supposed to be Greek, I think. Yeah, boy. Couldn't get away with that show nowadays, huh? Look at the funny foreigner. My God. There's no way. They were always skiing, it seemed like. So I don't know. Where would they be? <laughs> were they always going skiing with some hot girls? Well, they they both had hot girlfriends hot girlfriends right and they yeah they probably did a, they're a, always going skiing i don't remember always i remember that they did you your memory of it's probably better than mine yeah how much of this are we gonna cut probably a lot <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's <laughs> uh, let's just rein it in real quick okay. Oh, and uh, I'm sweating. I'm laughing so hard. Oh my god! <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're gonna go to uh, the interview. Yes, that Dan and I did earlier this week uh, with uh, one Mister uh, Hemant Meta. Meta. Well, we're here today with Hemant Meta, uh, who is a luminary. I'm gonna say luminary. What do you think, Frank? <laughs> uh, luminary I, that sounds of, about right. Of the atheist movement. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, the uh, blogger of the friendly atheist. Uh, also now podcaster under the same title. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that, that's right. Oh, that's... Branching out into a little bit of everything. That's amazing, because what we needed was more podcast people to, to give us competition. <laughs> to compete against. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, also, you, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're, you work with the Foundation Beyond Belief. You're an author. You're, you're, you are a man of all trades. I try to be on top of on top of your like Joe job of teaching. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good grief, man! Get a get a personal life, will you? I'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, so I I noticed that you that you had just uh, launched a a new podcast. So I I wanted you to come on here so that our listeners knew about you, knew that knew that you were doing it because uh, I I just wanted to help get the word out. So tell us about your show. Sure. Uh, well, the idea was um, there are some things that there's some people I want to talk to people that you don't normally think of as people in the world of atheism or the world of religion, but hmm. they do have ideas and opinions about religion. And uh, and I definitely didn't want to replicate what you guys and a lot of other great podcasters are doing. So the idea behind the podcast is myself and my colleague, Jessica Blumke. Um, we just bring on people who are just really interesting to us, but maybe we haven't heard them in, in the rest of the atheist community anywhere. And we talk about just, it's a fun conversation for about 30 minutes, and there's some tangential relation to religion, <laughs> but it's not per se about atheism, you know? Right. right. I, I've listened to a, a couple of episodes, and I've, I've really enjoyed it. You guys are you guys are having a good time over there. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're trying. So so I think it's interesting that the, that the angle is uh, is just interesting people. I, I kind of enjoy that, but do you feel like there's a... That must that must make it tricky because to some extent you got to find a way to tie it back to atheism on some level, don't you think? Personally, or yeah, I would like to, but to be honest with you, there, uh, I don't know. I'm having a blast just talking to some of these people. For example, uh, we brought on uh, Amy Dickinson, who is the syndicated columnist behind right. the Ask Amy column. Right. She's on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, that great uh, public radio show. At this, on the surface, you would think, you know, what does she have anything to do with atheism? But she gives advice, and a lot of that advice, you know, uh, comes from children who are having a rough time with their parents. Right. And we all know as atheists that, you know, if you're an atheist and you come out when you're 14 or 15 or something, that's that could be rough going for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Indeed. So we did. We were able to talk about that. I mean, that was a really brief part of an otherwise long conversation. But I think we got a lot out of just the rest of the conversation about. You know, how do you give that advice? What sort of issues do those kids deal with? Right. Whether or not they're atheists. It is interesting. Frank and I get a lot of uh, a lot of emails asking for advice, which is like exactly the wrong place for people to go for advice. <laughs> we're uh, we're we're not smart men. No qualification. <laughs> but uh, but on the but you actually have written a book called The Young Atheist Survival Guide. Yeah. Which is so you do know something about about helping the young folks out. Yeah, uh, and, and the purpose of that one, I mean, it wasn't actually for atheists only. It was a book that, you know, I, over the course of like seven or eight years of writing on my blog, uh, the stories that seem to resonate with the most people are ones about young atheists mm. who mm. get in trouble somehow or uh, who get in trouble for being an atheist, which they shouldn't, or they like call out the religious bullshit that goes on at their school. Like um, there's a religious mural hanging on the walls and right. it should be there. Um and it turned out it wasn't just one or two people we were talking about. It was dozens of students who've gone through things like this and um, sharing their stories and finding kind of a connecting thread between all of them. Uh, I hadn't seen that anywhere else. So last summer or a couple summers ago, I just kind of hunkered down and wrote it during my summer break. Right. Hmm. So that's that's where that book came from. And again, it's it's not about promoting atheism. Um, I think Christians could read that book and say, here are people who are searching for the answers, just like everyone is. Um, and what they're doing isn't so much trying to force their beliefs on anyone else. It's fighting for neutral, a, a neutral playing field. How could we not get behind them? Sure. Aren't they doing what we want them to be doing? Right. Well, I, I mean, I think 
One one hates to be unfair, but I I I can certainly think of a lot of Christians who don't want that for their kids. Don't, yeah, yeah. Don't want their kids to be looking for answers. They already have the answers, and they don't want kids questioning. Right. Questions lead to answers that you may not like. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, we I I actually appreciate that. I we have a lot of uh, of young listeners who write into us. Who uh, you know, and it's tough. It's it's it's. There are no pat easy answers for right. young atheists. What can you give us? Like a just a a few ideas that you've come across, and and in your thinking about uh, being a young atheist that might be helpful to to our young listeners. I think the biggest thing is it depends on how comfortable you are, kind of using the a word. I mean, are you really mm. are you out to anybody? Uh, There are some people who live in, you know, the Bible Belt in the South, even in rural communities elsewhere, where it would actually be a really stupid idea to come out as an atheist. Mm -hmm, It would be like you're under your parents roof. They they are your uh, home. I mean, you can't you you don't want to ruin that relationship. So it doesn't always make sense to come out. Right. But it, it really does help. I've never found a situation where it doesn't help when you have a community of like-minded people to talk to. So what are the options? You could start an atheist group at your high school. Right. That is legal just about everywhere with <laughs> exceptions. The only exceptions being if they don't allow any clubs or something. Right, right. Which, but, yes. which our fair state of Utah tried to pioneer when the gays tried to get their clubs going. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, the funny thing, and I document this in the book, the, the reason the gay-straight alliances can form in high schools and the reason, you know, secular student alliances can form in high school is because Christians wanted to have their Bible club meetings, and they're the ones who fought the legal battles to allow high schools to allow their group. <laughs> right, right. They, we're, riding, we're just riding that train, and it's great. Thanks, thanks for laying that pavement for us there, Christians. We, uh, we appreciate that. I forgot the exact quote, but I think Jerry Falwell uh, said something like, this is the greatest decision ever when they said Christians can have their groups. Right, right. So thank you, Jerry, for letting the gay-straight alliances (laughs) meet and stuff, you know? Right, exactly. But they can start a group. But you know what? Some students aren't comfortable with that. They don't want to be that out in their high school or something. But then, you know, start a blog, start a podcast, do it anonymously if you want to. And you know what? Go on Reddit where you can have an anonymous profile. Mm -hmm. And just kind of share those thoughts, um, you know, for, for all the anonymity and all the downsides that has with it, just being able to talk about your beliefs and know that there are people listening and who agree with you, that's really powerful. Indeed, it is. Uh, as someone who has, you know, we have a blog and we have a podcast and just finding that community can be very, very uh empowering and it can and it, it just feels nice it feels good to find other people who are like-minded yeah and heaven knows we've talked to plenty of people who haven't had that and and you know I, we went on a a road trip through the south frank and i did just to sort of meet people and boy it's it's not easy it's for, it's for not everybody. And anyone who's, and you guys know this, anyone who's been out for a little while, it's such, it, it puts you peace of, it gives you peace of mind. It's so wonderful when you've finally done it, yeah. but it is hard as hell to do it like the first time. Yeah. It can be really, really scary for people. You're right though. It is nice. I mean, what's great is that like, I mean, and you have to, everybody has to pick their own battles and decide where they want to be out and where they don't. But you know, a lot of people don't want to be out at work, but I find that if you're out at work, you don't have to put up with people like all the Christiany people skip giving you all the Christian stuff and they just go yeah. to the other people and you, you, you avoid a lot of hassle. Exactly. Uh, when exactly. you're out. 
Now, you, you, you sort of exploded onto the scene. I want to talk about this because I've never heard you tell this story, but I want to hear the story of you selling your soul. <laughs> okay. When, when, well, when I was in the South, I'll just, I'll just preface by saying when I was in the South, I tried to sell my soul to the devil so that I could play the guitar, and the devil didn't <laughs> yeah. show up. It was no. very rude. Uh, I thought of the devil not to come, but apparently my soul's not worth anything. <laughs> so, uh, so tell us your story about selling your soul. The short version of that is I grew up religious. I grew up in a Jain family, mm. a small Indian religion. Yeah. Um, and I became an atheist when I was 14. And like when I was, I don't know, 19, 20, you know, I had finally started an atheist group on my college campus. But and I started working with some national atheist groups, too. So I went from being really religious to really atheist. And mm. there was no transition you know, in between <laughs> there. And that meant, you know, living in America, I'd never been to a church service. Right. I'd been to any mega church or Catholic church, really, not for any service or anything. And it's kind of weird to talk about religion when you don't have firsthand experience of that stuff. So what ended up happening is I said, here's a weird idea. Why don't I just have people bid on where I go to church and I'll go <laughs> for them? Because I thought that was a cute way to get attention for that thing. Because I don't want to just write about write about going to church and then have nobody read it because right. there's no conversation there. So the eBay thing, I'd seen people do silly stunts on eBay. If I did it today, it'd probably be on Kickstarter or something. Right. Um, but it basically said, you can bid on where I go to church. I will donate the money. Um, I, I said mosque or synagogue too, but uh, only Christians seem to bid. Huh. <laughs> A pastor won the auction for like 500 plus dollars. Wow. Uh, which was donated. And the pastor said, look, I, you, I owed him 50 Sundays worth of church. Right. Um, oh, wow. And he said, that's boring. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I wouldn't want to do that. So let's make a deal. He said, uh, he said, go to like 10 churches. He will pick them out for me. Hmm. He lived in Seattle and I lived in Chicago. He's like, I'll pick your churches for you. Different types. You go to them, you write about your experience on my Christian Ministries website, and we'll call it a deal. Wow. Uh, so I took that deal easily. Um, and he took me, I mean, I ended up going at the time to like uh, evangelical megachurch. I went to a Catholic church. I went to uh, pretty much all black church on the south side of Chicago. Sure. A guy's living room. Really, really good experience, by the way, for all of this. Nice. Uh, just as a learning experience. And I wrote about my experiences on his website. And it was the first time I ever did anything similar to blogging. Hmm. Um, so it was really cool to get the back and forth with the commenters. And they were actually, I, this is weird to say, they were actually very good commenters all around. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, if they agreed with me, they were very kind about it. If they disagreed, they were very, uh, also, they were very kind. And it was all constructive criticism or something. Well, it sounds to me like you hit sort of the perfect storm of how to avoid internet trolling. Because yeah. the people who should troll you are really kind of rooting for you to come to their side, so they don't yeah. want to make you look bad. They don't want to like be mean to you, and they want to right. be, you know they want to be careful about things. And right. and the atheists probably don't want to troll you either because it's like yeah, he's one of us kind of, but he's going to church. I don't know. <laughs> well, exactly. And you know what? I think more than anything else, it was this. As much as it sounds like a weird little publicity stunt. Uh -huh. It really was a sincere, like, I'm really going to these places because I want to know if they have anything to offer. And here's my first impression. And in most places, it was not a good first impression. <laughs> um, and I think even Christians were like, you know, for all these churches that try to reach out to people like me, 
they did a really awful job of it. And I think a lot of the Christians who were reading that were like, oh, yeah, see, here's the here's all the stuff our church tries to do. But when we actually do it, it totally fails. And here's the proof why. Right. Hmm. So I think it was just it was a good combination. And I again, I like you said, I hit the jackpot in terms of the the way it all worked out. But uh, a Christian book publisher said this is really cool because Christians are getting like this mirror to their face and right. they never get that honest response because, you know, it always you always see it as people who agree with you or people who like hate you. Right. Exactly. And they were like, you're not you, you clearly don't hate them. You're just giving them an honest feedback on all this. Yeah. So I ended up going to like a couple dozen more churches and writing about that in a book uh, called I Sold My Soul on eBay. Right. That's great. Frank and I and actually on our show. Close, we did, we, just to close up that oh, yeah. story really quick. After I did all that, I was like, I kind of like this back and forth blogging. So that's where the whole friendly atheist site even came from. Oh, okay. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. You did it well. Yeah, I was, <laughs> was going to say, Frank and I, we when we started this show, we had this brilliant idea for one of our first segments to be what we called church reviews. Where we yeah. where we go to different churches and we 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 do uh you know we basically review it as a as a theater piece more yeah than like a, a Christian a, Yelp <laughs> right yeah exactly and then we found that we didn't have the 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 we it, we didn't have enough of a tolerance for oh it's awful going to church you know what's it's... really interesting though I've seen a lot of colleges college atheist groups do this where they say uh, give us five dollars for charity it'll go to like a really good secular cause not an atheist cause but just a regular cause for five dollars you can tell us where to go to church we will go by ourselves like that weekend and then like the following monday everyone would be there and they would discuss what they learned at uh their church visits over the weekend so <laughs> really cool idea all around yeah that's awesome. yeah i mean i encourage people to go to church i i you oh. know there's nothing bad that can happen to you uh, all you can do is learn. But the, the, the problem, though, is there's there's nothing wrong with the church attendance itself. It's when it is. It's Sunday morning. Oh, that's right. And that's, that's, that's the bummer for me. That's brunch time. That's brunch time for me. Yeah. <laughs> but see, that's the traditional service. Now the cool kids all meet, you know, Wednesday night or Saturday night. Oh, right. Oh. And they got, the, they got the rock and roll going. Yep. Yeah. And by the way, I tell, I tell uh, high school students who I get those same emails and they're like, well, I do i'm in high school i i'm an atheist but i still gotta go to church my parents are forcing me and i say you know go to church but use it as like a learning experience where you know make a list of all the things the pastor says that are wrong right uh, <laughs> raise those questions if you get a chance to you know pretend i mean when you graduate or when you move out of the house um you're gonna want to have that firsthand experience so make use of it while you're there and just figure out all the things that you dislike about the church and find a way to fix it right mm. and also you know find the things that are good yeah exactly learn exactly. Learn, learn good lessons as well they have those they like yeah. to bury it amongst a bunch of bun amongst a bunch of crap but <laughs> yeah no and, and you know what that's that's one of the reasons we started foundation beyond belief where we were saying who gives more money to charity uh, is it atheists is, as a percentage of their income? Is it atheists? Is it religious people? It's always religious people. They they just make charitable giving a habit. Right. But the mm -hmm. thing is, why how why do they do that? Are they just nicer people? No, it's because they have a way to give through right. the church. There's mm -hmm. a mechanism and there that's there's regular. There's a mechanism, and we don't have that mechanism. So we started, uh, Dale McGowan started it, and I kind of joined on with him. Um, the Foundation Beyond Belief basically is a mechanism for atheists to give to awesome charities that do not proselytize 
Um, and it's been working really well so far because we're giving people that mechanism they can't find at church. Hmm. Yeah, and I've seen, I've followed quite a bit of, uh, of of what Foundation Beyond Belief has done. But why, will you talk just a little bit about about the mandate of Foundation Beyond Belief and uh, some of the things that you guys have have worked to do? Yeah, we we basically want atheists to find a way to give to charity. We want giving to become a part of the the culture in our community. Right. Um, so what we do is we have a staff that selects five charities every three months, every quarter of the year. And they help in the areas of like human rights, women's rights, uh, poverty, those types of issues. Um, And basically we put those out there at the beginning of every quarter and say, these are the charities we think you should be supporting. And, you know, you can give, like, let's say you're giving 20 bucks a month. You could say, I want 10% of it to go to charity A, 20% 20% to go to charity B. I don't really care for charity C, so nothing there. And 40% to D, et cetera. Um, and basically, we want to encourage you to give. You could do it by yourself, but maybe if you do it with a community of atheists, you're more likely to make it a regular thing. Right. Um, and, you know, we have so many big things coming up in the future, but I think some of the bigger ideas are just, it doesn't just have to be adults. It can be younger people as well. Um and we're going to give bigger and bigger grants. I mean, the grants we're giving now to these charities are like in the low five figures. Oh, that's great. I mean, for some of these groups, that's a significant chunk of their budget, hmm. which is really awesome to know that you're part of making it better. Hmm. You know, I, it's so valuable to have – I I have some money that I like – that that I want to give to charity, but what I don't have is a lot of time to start to, to look into charities and make sure that they're, you know, comporting themselves well. And and to vet them to vet them. Right. So what our volunteers and staff does for you, we vet them for you. We, we tell you what they're all about. And by the way, I think one of the coolest things is that one of the five charities every quarter is a religious charity, meaning they're run by religious people, but they don't proselytize at all. They're just religious people who want to do the same good things we want to do. Hmm. And that that pisses off a lot of atheists, by the way. And my response (laughs) is, well, if you don't like those charities, don't give them your money that quarter. Um, But some of them are just fantastic. I mean, we supported a uh, a specific Baptist group uh, last quarter that supports church-state separation. And you don't normally think of Baptists doing that, but this group did. So, I mean, it's just an awesome group. That's that's amazing. I really uh, I, I applaud your work in in that, and uh, thank you for for getting out there and doing what I'm too lazy to do. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's interested, it's uh, foundationbeyondbelief.org. Yeah, and you guys have a have a conference coming up, right? We have a conference coming up in Chicago this weekend. It's the first time we're we're trying this out, and unlike, I've been to a lot of atheist skeptic conventions and stuff. And, you know, it's always focused on, you know, how much superior we are in some ways, why atheism is right, religion's wrong, et cetera. Right. This is the first conference I'll be, I've, I will probably go to where it's entirely about the awesome things atheists have done, but not in the name of atheism. Right. Um, hmm. For example, there's one speaker who lived, uh, volunteered to be homeless for several weeks, lived on the street, documented it because she wanted to show what it's like to be homeless in her city. Um and hey, she happens to be an atheist. That's yeah. a cool. That's a fascinating project that I think we want to hear about. Hmm. Um, we have atheists who went on a quote-unquote mission trip for a year, and they went around to poverty-stricken nations and and just did amazing things, building schools, things like that. You normally only hear about that from like Christian mission trips, right? Hmm. Um, 
but these were atheist pathfinders who who went abroad and did all these amazing things. So we'll hear from them. Um, lots of really amazing people with practical things that they've done. A lot of our listeners won't hear about this in time. Do you plan on making this a, a yearly thing? Is that the idea? I think that's the hope. We're going to have to see how it goes uh, this year, and we'll take it from there. But uh, before it even begins, uh, you know, registration looks good. It looks like there's a lot of people interested. Um, and you know what? Uh, and I don't feel bad about saying this. I think the media is interested, too. Sure. Because this is a story you don't normally hear. Right. Well, do keep us informed. Uh, if there is one next year, I, I'd love to make sure our listeners know about it. And Absolutely. probably I'd love to go to it. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So please keep us in the loop on that. Um, well, you know, we, our time's running out, but I would love to ask you uh, just one other thing, because one of the things that Frank and I have found in our journey, uh, doing this podcast is that, you know, we try, we're, we're, we're not, uh, for lack of a better phrase, angry atheists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> things make us angry, but, uh, but, but uh, that is not the defining not def exactly. character of yeah. our show. We tend to be pretty, we pretty fun loving and, and, and have a good time. And uh, I just wanted to ask you about about your title, the friendly atheist. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh do you, do you get flack for that or is that I mean because we've gotten some some flack for not being not being abrasive and not uh, or, or 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 angry enough or whatever. I, I do get flack. Some of it's deserved. Uh, here's where the, <laughs> here's where the name came from. Um and it's for the same reason you just mentioned, which is that when I was coming up with the website's name, um at the time, all I ever heard was were the phrases like angry atheist, militant atheist, staunch atheist. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was weird because all the atheists I hung out with were pretty happy, smiling people. Mm -hmm. um, but you never hear like the media refer to, you know, happy atheists. Right. And so I was like, well, you know what? Call the site friendly atheists because at least they'll have to put those two words together. Right. If you ever mention it. <laughs> um and it doesn't mean that I'm always friendly. In fact, I think anyone who's read the site knows that I've probably gotten angrier over time. Mm. Um, so it doesn't mean I'm friendly. It doesn't mean I'm the only one who's friendly. But uh, it's mostly to say, hey, atheists can be friendly. If I could go back in time, I would just probably have a different name for the site. I'd just call it like heavenmeta.com or something. <laughs> right. It would be so much easier. Um, but that's where the origin came from. Uh, so, you know what, when people say like, oh, it, you're mad at angry atheists. No, I'm not. I, I kind of like it when some people are kind of aggressive and in your face about it. I think we need that. Right. But it's not my style. It's not your style. And you know what? Uh, it doesn't mean that we're not as upset about the things religion has done or that we're somehow accommodating to religion or anything like that. Sure. Well, Hammond Meta, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, we wish you all the luck in the world with your Thank future you. endeavors, although you don't seem to be struggling. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but you know what's really fun? I think it's really what's exciting to me is trying out things that I'm not good at and right. that I haven't done before and seeing if I can do anything with it. Um, so I've tried that with, you know, books and YouTube and stuff, and we'll, we'll see if it works with the podcast. It's too early to tell, but uh, it's always nice to talk to people who who kind of know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if you meet some, tell us. And yeah, we'll... right. Got it. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, uh, thank you and very much. Good luck with all of your endeavors. Uh, and uh, we really appreciate having you. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Frank. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, wasn't that a great little interview? That is really cool. I think it's really cool. The, the whole selling the soul like as sort of a... Uh, 
not like a political stance, but almost just like it's almost like a social. It's just a, like a social experiment, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, so lots of fun. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Adam, why don't you get a plug in for your for your? Podcast? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to hear more such ramblings. Uh, nonsensical ramblings. You can head over to a damn movie podcast. Uh, that's a D A M N movie podcast, um, which I host with my friend Adam Palcher. Um, and uh, yeah, just really in depth, nerdy movie talk. So mm-hmm. we're just wrapping up our Woody Allen Festival. So fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got one more. I got to do Hannah or Sisters next week. So oh, cool. Yeah. All right. We'll give that a listen. And uh, and of course, if you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so by emailing us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or leaving us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash Atheist, and our Twitter feed can be found at Atheist as well. Um, and then, of course, our uh, website is thankgodimatheist.com. I didn't do um, um, emails or voicemails this week. Um, we'll they would all those. go right over my head. <laughs> we'll get to those <laughs> next week when Dan's back. And uh, and thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Mackenzie for all of her help on Facebook. And thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for letting us use one of their tracks for yes. our music. Hmm. All right. Well, thanks, thanks everyone. Yeah. Thanks again, Adam. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I always love doing this. It's always fun. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya.